Hey, you're listening to the Timmy Riggs Podcast, Life in the Meantime, and today I'm going to be talking about rethinking your money. I'm definitely not any kind of uh, money manager or wealth advisor or anything like that, but I think often a lot of times we get in this rut when it comes to our finances, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the way that we look at it, the way that we think about it. So here we go. I think uh, the topic of money can sometimes be tough. Everybody's situation is different, and so that's why, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of pointers for you should do this, you should do that. Today is mostly about just the philosophy that I have uh, cultivated and began to think about and the way that I'm seeing my finances, right? There's so many uh, right now, like, well, really, there's always been kind of get-rich-quick schemes. But I think social media in our age, uh, they're constantly being thrown at us, right? And it seems like someone's always making it big on the next quick get rich quick thing. And uh, it's easy to kind of feel a little bit left in the dust. And a lot of them are actually true. Ways that people have created some financial freedom and built some wealth and and got themselves out of ruts. Um, But it's usually going to be like a thousand bucks for their classes because now that everyone's doing that, right? Everyone's a master in teaching and has their own coaching and they make opinions sound like facts. And um, so you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. And one example is just, you know, I'm kind of focusing on real estate and just trying to build real estate portfolio, getting more rentals. And so often, so many of the people I follow in that space, uh, you have to be really careful because they make it seem like, well, you get one, then you get two, then you get three, and then boom, all of a sudden you're at six, and you're at 12, and then you have 20 properties. And they make it seem like so easy, and you're like, it's it's not that easy. Uh, people do it, but it's a lot harder than just making it that simple, right? And there's so many different things, even outside of real estate, that are the same way. And then we have um, one person that's really big in the church world, but also just in general, and that's Dave Ramsey. Uh, he's kind of our go-to person when it comes to getting out of debt. He has the seven baby steps to getting out of debt. I think it's awesome. Um, I, we were very aggressive on trying to get out of debt ourselves, and so now we're at a place where all we have is the mortgages that we carry, and uh, that's kind of how I want to keep it. Um, there's so many different things. I think now it's so easy for a car payment to put major stress and pressure on people's lives. And, um, that's one thing that luckily we've just been able to avoid. And, um, I think again, Dave has some really good advice there, but a lot of times still it can be a little bit out of touch or it could take a thousand years, right? Like Dave's always talking about like how things can, your life can change, but it's like, yeah, do you know how long that would take, especially if someone has a large amount of debt, right? Um, and so, again, I think it's really good, and if you're willing to be patient, I think it's good. But even Dave, there's times where I've listened to him where he has basically told people, you have an income problem. You need to figure out how to raise your income. And um, I think that's probably true for a lot of people too, but like, duh, right? Like that's like the obvious one. And so like I said, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm strictly sharing my opinion. I'm not making it a fact. I'm just kind of letting you know the philosophy that I have about money. Um, The main problem for a lot of us is the keeping up with the Joneses, right? That's been around forever where when someone in your neighborhood shows up in a new car or they have a bigger house or they're going on a vacation, it can make you just feel like, oh, man. And that has 10x to 100x in our day and age now because we have social media. So it seems like everyone's doing better than you. It just does all the time. For me personally, stuff um, 
weirdly enough, like I just don't have the things that I want to buy are always like a couple thousand dollars. So I don't buy them. Right. Uh, clothes and things like that. That just doesn't get me. Um, I don't know why I, I like clothes and I like having nice clothes, but I'm able to do it in a way that I'll wear one shirt for like 10 years. Um, and sometimes I'll wear it sparsely enough that people are like, Oh, new shirt. And I'm like, actually this old thing, you know, got it out of the back of the closet. But, uh, yeah, so for me, what gets me is definitely like trips, vacations. Like I'll see someone, I'm like, "What? They're they're in Tahiti again? Like that would be awesome! Like how are you doing this? Like and chances are they're using credit card, you know, debt or something. I don't know. Everyone like great for them if they're not. But uh, those are the things that kind of get me right. Is like, oh, big trip. That would be awesome. But I think for a lot of us, it can be um, keeping up with the Joneses. Even for me, I've been following a lot of guys on YouTube that are really helpful in how to grow and make your business better. But then like they're, they have huge businesses. So it can leave you feeling like, man, I'll never get there. Right. But money, much like everything in life will go better for you. If you stay in your lane and you run your own financial race, I just really think that if you're like, Hey, I, I don't have any control how everyone else is living their life. I can just focus on mine. So let's talk about money philosophy. We all know the scripture talks about the root of all evil is the love of money. Uh, the love of money, which a lot of people say it wrong. And they say the root of evil is money. It is the love of money. So it's this placing money as an idol in your life. And I think that actually can happen whether you're poor, middle class, or rich. I think that it doesn't just have to be, it's easy to put like, oh, that wealthy person, all they care about is money. Well, I think actually a lot of times it, it, can, it can go across the spectrum um, because if you're just constantly thinking, like all you have to do is be thinking about it all the time and it'd be the most important thing. So you don't have to have any uh, for that to be the case. So um, what we have to do is begin to switch our thinking. So we don't want it to be this something that's like, oh, if I just had more money, if I just had more zeros in my bank account, it's like, well, that's not really the goal. So what we need to begin to see money as is nothing other than a tool. And in fact, it's not even a tool. It is building material, right? A tool is like a, a hammer, or a drill. Um, building material is going to be like a nail or wood. And so the connection I want to make is seeing money like nails to build something. So when you go into a house, and I've shared this before, but I wanted to bring it up and, and share it again and, and put it out fresh. When you go into a home, a beautiful home, what are you going to, you know, glamour over? What are you going to catch? What's going to catch your eye? What are you going to want to put uh, a lot of your oohs and alls towards? Well, that's going to be the kitchen, the way the kitchen's laid out and how it's set up. And you'd be like, man, what a beautiful kitchen. I love the view out the back. That's such a cool way to set it up. Right. Um, and then it's going to be the bathrooms. I love uh, seeing people's different bathrooms. I mean, like, oh, that's really cool for us. When we built our house, we were like, uh, let's put a little special tile in the bathroom floor in the spare bedroom in case we don't like it a lot and we don't have to see it if it's in our uh, master bathroom, right? So um, the, the bathrooms, you're like, wow, that's cool. And the living rooms, how it's set up and the fireplace, you're like, wow, wow, that's so cool. Personally, I have never said, nor have I ever heard anyone go into a home and say, wow, I wonder... I wonder what kind of nails they use to build this home. I wonder what they look like. I wonder how many they use. No one ever says that. But what's funny is we all know that it took nails to build the home. 
probably a lot and uh but that just isn't our concern we enjoy the finished product right so i like to see money like nails a building material that is important but is just a means to the end product not the product to be achieved okay so money is like nails it's a building material that's important but it's just a means to an end product, not the product to be achieved. I don't just want a pile of nails, right? So it takes money to, to build, um, to kind of move into that house or to get that car or literally just your daily life, right? Your basic necessities like eating, clothing, shelter, transportation, just those daily things. But then future building. You got to have your mindset set on, hey, I want to build things for the future and through investing in retirements and uh, so many other ways of investing. And I want to be saving as well. And yeah, I want to go on one fun vacation with my family year. So I need to be making sure that I'm building and putting some of that away. So a couple factors that go into it. When we use the money that we have worked for to buy things we don't need or to impress people um, for whatever reason, it's like taking a handful of nails and just hammering them into a pointless piece of wood in the backyard, right? And for a little bit, the hammering might be fun and you might kind of enjoy it, but eventually you're just going to be left with a piece of wood that is unusable and just covered in pointless nails. So when we're buying stuff, maybe just to try to make ourselves feel better, uh, whether it's a new shirt or a new outfit or uh, literally the new car, um, eventually the feeling wears off of being like, oh, like if first it's fun, but eventually you're like, man, that's, you know, I wore that thing three times or uh, yeah, I like driving it, but um, honestly, I could have gone with something a lot less and not had the stress of the monthly payment, right? Um, Or if you think about the money uh, that we get greedy with, I think it's like grabbing a handful of nails and squeezing them as tight as you can. What's going to happen? You literally are going to injure yourself. If you have a handful of nails and you squeeze them, like they're, they're going to cut you, pinch you, whatever. And uh, you literally will start bleeding. And I think money is the same way. It can hurt our relationships with others. First and foremost, that's the most important part. If we're just trying to hold on to it and keep it for ourselves, we now are not doing anything to build a better future for ourselves or anyone around us. So instead, if you have some extra nails, it's a great opportunity for you to be like, you know what, let me use this to help others build. So if I know I need to build something, maybe it's a shed or a table or even a house, I only have a certain amount of nails for each project. So what am I going to do? I'm going to carefully analyze where I need to be placing those nails during the building process. I don't want to just let them be scattered all over the ground. I don't want to put too many in one spot that's unnecessary. I want to make sure that I'm putting it where it's worth it. And that's exactly how we should be thinking about our money. So our future, right? Like next year is going to be here really fast. 10 years, probably not as fast, but pretty quick. And so if I start figuring out how to analyze and build now, I'm going to be in much better shape and I'm going to have an end product that I really enjoy. So we only have a certain amount of of money at a certain amount of time and we need to carefully kind of uh, analyze where that money needs to go. And so there's all types of advice how to do that and how much should be allocated in specific areas. And again, I just wanted to share my philosophy in the sense of it is not even, it doesn't even have the honor of being a tool. All it is is building material. So if you can begin to switch your mind, it might take you a year, a little bit, start thinking like, oh my goodness, 
this is this is not something to be attained it's something to use and you're going to be able to see a higher return and honestly you're probably just going to be happier in general if you're not connected to well i have to be able to buy the stuff that's our goal i love um something i heard the other day a guy said money is a tangible measure of time because when you go to work you're getting paid for your time so you have to see that in your life too in your leisure and so it's like if a shirt is fifty dollars and let's say you, you let's just say to keep it easy you're getting paid ten dollars an hour it took you five hours to buy that shirt and so if someone said hey will you come to my house do some work i'll give you this shirt it's going to be about five hours i'm probably going to be like nah I'm good, right? Like, or if you go and you get a meal or whatever, and it's $20 and you're like, well, that took me two hours of work. And, and maybe it's less, like maybe you're able to make a certain amount of money in less amount of time. And so the trade-off seems worth it to you, whatever. But thinking about it in that kind of sense, so I really want to buy these $200 shoes. If I know it took me a day and a half, like, would I go work somewhere for someone that they said, you'll have these shoes. It'll take a day and a half of work, right? Like, is that what I want to build towards and how I want to use my time. Most of the time, probably not. So I'll just share how I allocate it personally. Um, and this, again, this is different for everybody. And um, I think I really want to hit on, you know, college age students and, and those in their 20s, but this could work for everybody. I really like the 70-30 split. So 10% um, of my finances are always going to go towards giving, right? Tithing at church um, and, and giving in that way. 10% I want to be investing, so putting towards um, our Roth IRAs and other retirement accounts. And another 10% I want to be saving. For me personally, that saving is usually um, going to be towards investing in something else down the road as well. Um, but also even um, for vacation, that's a big one for, for me. Is like I want to have a separate account completely, and that's what I do. That is a little investing account that is towards our vacation. So not only are we saving for our vacation, it's making Making a little bit of money along the way and uh, so there's my three tens right so saving investing um, and giving and then 70% is okay here's what I live off of but personally I am constantly trying to shave that down I would much rather be living on less than 60% so my mortgage and my regular bills and just what it takes to live life I want it to be less than 70% so I can allocate more into those first three um, what I really believe in is when people talk about getting to a place where you're not just working for money, but you're making your money work for you. Um, and I've heard it another way that's like money makes for a terrible master, but for a good slave, right? Like you don't want your money to control you. And I want it to be working for me just as hard as I work for it. Right. Um, so one way that I think that college students, Young adults can begin to be thinking about it. We live in the day and age of subscriptions. Everything, every company, every uh, digital thing that you want access to, there's subscriptions, right? Whether it's just $5 or $10 or 15 or whatever, but those really add up. And there's subscriptions for like dog toys and dog food and stuff and subscriptions to clothing brands. And so before long, you could realize that maybe you have $500 worth a month towards subscriptions. My advice would be, Try to have the exact equivalent of your monthly subscriptions that are withdrawn also be going towards saving and investing. So if I have $500 they're going towards, and I'm not even talking bills, I'm just talking spending, just, just uh, consumer spending. 
if I have $500 a month towards uh, things that withdraw every month, I want to make sure that I have 500 that's being withdrawn into an account like Acorns, which is a uh, robo manage investment account or towards my savings account or towards my retirement account or whatever. So I want to make sure that it's equal to, I don't want to be spending more money, right? Um, towards, uh, things that aren't going to last or it's just consuming stuff. If I'm not building for the future, it's just one way to build. So it's the difference between actually building the shed and just piling woods into a, or nails into a piece of wood in the backyard. So I want to make sure that even if I'm going to do that, at least the same amount is being going to something that's going to help me build for the future. One thing I haven't done yet, but I would like to start doing is anytime I shop somewhere, I would like to allocate um, money towards their shares if it's a publicly held company, right? So that's a little bit hard because like if I buy something from Apple, well, their stock prices are going to be a little bit higher or um, somewhere else. But if I go to Walmart, maybe I buy one share of Walmart every time I go and spend money at Walmart. And that way you're like, okay, I'm not just consuming. That's just one thing that I'm thinking about trying to do, but that could add up. But it could be good because it could get you in a place where you're like, ooh, I should be spending less because every time I go spend something, I'm having to buy a share of that company and it's cost me a lot of money. But at the same time, it's a way to get your money working for you. So that's about it. Um, and I just think it's really important for us to get to a place where we flip our philosophy on it. Again, I believe so strongly um, that what we have is given to us. That in one sense, like, uh, I don't think that God just like hates money, but he does hate when it has us, right? And when we're controlled by it. Um, all it is, is a tool. Less than that, it's a building material. And uh, it's something to use. It's important whether we want to admit it or not, we're all thinking about it every day and there's different reasons we need it and need to use it. Um, and so I'd much rather be using it in a way that is helping me build for the future, not just consume in the present. So that's that. That's my philosophy on money. And uh, hopefully you're like, hey, you know what? That's not a bad way to start thinking about my finances. Or maybe you can come up with a metaphor, a way of thinking about it that helps you uh, begin to build in a way for your future instead of just seeing it as like, well, I got one, I got to put one out. No, no, we want to be dividing it up, allocating it, and using it in a way that's going to help us in the future. Thanks so much for listening. And if this encouraged you or helped you in any kind of way, let me know. And uh, if you want to share it with a friend, that would be awesome. But uh, I hope you're living well in the meantime.